Welcome back, podcast listeners. I'm a little late in releasing this episode, but nonetheless, it's going to be an awesome one. Episode six, I'm going to share my three biggest life lessons. Hi, I'm Hannah Rose, and welcome to my podcast, Discovering Deep Soul. I'm so happy that we have found one another. This space has been created to inspire, motivate, and challenge the way you think. I really believe that the greatness that you seek already exists within you. When we know who we are and where we want to go, we do better. So together, through thoughtful conversations and shared experiences, I really hope that you discover your deep soul. Welcome back to another episode. I um, It's pretty wet here. Uh, if you've seen my Instagram stories, you will know that we've had major flooding problems um, from, yeah, the neighbour behind us. Um, what's really interesting um, <laughs> about wet weather is that uh, water can do a lot of damage. Um, and just turning on the TV and seeing what's going on in New South Wales and also in parts of the northern end of the Gold Coast, which is where I'm located, it just, wow, it, it can do some damage. But again, the human spirit continues to live on strong and to see others helping others warms my heart. Um, I just wish we didn't always have to have a disaster, you know? Or maybe maybe the people are helping others, but it's just not highlighted. The news loves to highlight it when there is disasters. And it just blows my mind that this time last year we were going into lockdown covid was happening people were being asked to stay at home and it's just now we're now we're dealing with floods it's incredible so i thought what we'd do um i'm gonna change it up a little bit um i said to my partner this morning i was like hey what should i do and he's like just do something light and i'm like god i don't even know if i can can i even do light so um I don't know. I I am a deep person. It's called discovering deep soul um, because I don't do light, but I will try and keep it, uh, yeah, not so heavy. Um, and hopefully this episode won't go that way. Um, but I wanted to do a little bit of life updates. Um, I wasn't actually inspired by Revy Jane's podcast where she's like, hey guys, here's my life updates. So um, I'm going to do that for, say, a couple of minutes and then I'm going to get into this episode, uh, which is all going to be around the three b- biggest lessons I've learned in my life. And no, I'm not dying yet, but I think it's good to capture where you are and it would be a great exercise for you girls and boys to do this as well, is just to take a moment out of your busy life and just think, what are my three biggest lessons? What have I learned? Because I believe that they will evolve and change the older you get um, and the wiser you get as well. And I think that if I was to do this in my 20s and then compare it um, in my 30s, I wonder if my answers would change. Maybe that I could do this every 10 years or something. But anyway, life updates. Well, raining, uh, it, the rain has caused havoc in our world so um, basically the people behind us have got rid of their house Um, their house was falling apart they were thinking about moving but they thought no we'll knock this down so they knocked it down and um, basically what happened was due to the rain now the Gold Coast has been raining for like two three weeks on and off and their retaining wall people um, kept putting off their job 
So they had the digger people out and they were moving all the land around and they're reconstructing their whole block and their pool is actually going right on our fence line. So it's not ideal and it's a great time to move. Mind you, where we're actually looking um, is literally like flood zone. So it's making me think a little bit um, otherwise. But what they did was move the land around. So they got the dirt and they started to push it all around along the back of our fence. And what's actually happened is previously, this house has always produced water problems for us. And, um, you know, we've had to redirect water all the time from this property. But when they moved the soil around, what actually happened is they built up the back end of our fence. So if you've seen Instagram stories, you'll know that we have an undercover area with like a blue couch and there's like a little white table. And then I've got like all the vines growing up on the the fence palings. We used to have water there um, and over by our barbecue. But what happened is when they moved the the soil around to create a pool or a retaining wall, whatever it was, is they actually wedged up the dirt so thick on one side of our property that it actually forced the water down to a new low point, which was directly in the middle of our pool. And what actually happened is because they didn't have any drainage and because they didn't uh, get this retaining wall done in time, Um, what it meant was their water started to overflow into our property. And we have this um, superficial um, retaining wall. That's that blue blue brick. Now, behind that is actually like big sleepers. You probably didn't see that on stories. Um, But what happened is over years of them living there and not addressing their drainage problem, it kind of started to push our blue wall out. And... What's happened with all this rain is it just completely, it was like, nah, we've had enough and um, it knocked it over. And then we were like, well, this is awesome. (laughs) Not really. Um, And so we had to get this giant pipe and we thought one pipe would work and it didn't. Um, It created a beautiful water feature in our pool. Um, But then we had to extend this all the way down. And I guess... (sighs) I don't know how to say this, but sorry goes a long way. And I feel like when stuff goes wrong, people just are quick to blame and they're quick to pass on responsibility and and people don't always take accountability. And and we found that um, these particular, uh, well, not both of them, but maybe the husband more so than the wife, um, he didn't even say sorry. Or he was just looking for faults on our end rather than just saying, mate, it's totally our fault. I'm so sorry. Because council regulations are this. You have to retain your land. So that's why most properties have retaining walls. Um, But it is the owner's responsibility to um, manage the runoff of water on their property. So clearly the runoff of water on their property was causing problems on our end due to the fact that they didn't have drainage. Um, But I just, sorry goes a long way. Um, And, you know, we could go and report them to council right now and we would be well within our rights. They'd get a fine. They'd have to pay for it. But we have to live with these people, right? Um, But I guess Morgan and I are just, sorry goes a long way. Um, 
and he's come over and helped and and you know he he didn't have to uh but he probably should have but yeah I guess when we blame what we do is we pass on responsibility and this is even in the grief process if you break up with someone and then you just start to blame the other person for their inadequacies or the relationship breakdown or all of that what you actually do is you stop your grieving process and grief is a horrible horrible thing that we all will go through at different points in our life at different severity um and the worst thing that you want to do in that moment is feel all the feels you don't want to feel that grief right and you will you just want to blame somebody else or you want to redirect your thinking to something um and it just doesn't work that way so blame is never the answer you've got to feel the feels you've got to take responsibility you've got to have accountability as well um so yeah so anyway that's some of my life updates um I am gradually (laughs) getting the confidence to open my books again I've got some beautiful clients that I already coach um and have coached for a while now um but I'm I'm getting the confidence to literally push push uh that post um that says coaching books are open um and to be honest um I'm doing that at my pace (laughs) Um, because I'm being kind to myself Um, and I am slowly building up a little bit of courage to just say, yep, I'm open. And I guess if I'm real, the thing that I am trying to, I guess, avoid is the feeling of disappointment and I know that I've just got to feel it and do it and, hey, I'm focusing more on disappointment than what I am on the other stuff which could just be like immense gratitude and excitement and all the good feelings that you know will come when I open up a door but I'm still concentrating on the fear I like to keep it real with you guys um also you would have heard on one of my previous episodes that having my own business has been incredibly re-triggering of my own um, childhood trauma so I am being gentle with myself and and owning all of it because I feel that um childhood trauma um I'm loud and proud about it because not many people talk about it and I feel that if we open up that door and start those conversations in a way that's obviously appropriate because the last thing I will do is want to share every detail of my childhood trauma because there is a thing called secondhand trauma and I never want to pass any of my stuff on to others um, because hearing the stuff is hard. So I guess the thing is, is that if you have had childhood trauma, um, life is 10 times harder and I feel you and I see you and I hear you. And if you're one of those, um, of one of those children, um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. So it's always important for me to acknowledge that. Um, I'm always forever inspired by Revy Jane and the way that she goes about her own business and the way of doing things. And she's got a lot more followers and a, and a, and a much bigger community than what I do. But she still keeps it real and I think it's important to speak up. Anyway, I'm 11 minutes in and I've not even started to do the podcast. Um, let me just take a sip of my coffee. I hope you, I hope you got coffee. Um, if if you and I were in person, we we would be doing coffee. Um, if you're walking, I, I hope you're taking in the scenery and enjoying um, just the fresh air. Let me grab this sip of coffee. 
amazing. I'm still doing the macadamia milk. I can't do long black yet, but hey, I'm trying a different brand of macadamia milk, actually. It's the Australian-owned one. I'm usually a milk lab girl, but um, yeah, didn't have my shit together and didn't pre-order it. All right, enough stalling. I want to teach you or I want to share. Um, so far, the three biggest lessons I've learned in my life. Before you even listen to mine, please pause me and take a moment out. And if you've got paper and pen, amazing. If you don't, then just pause me and just think, what are your three biggest lessons that you've learned in your life so far? Have a think. Allow your mind to be open um, and just see what comes out. So I have done exactly that exercise. And these were the things that came up for me. Um, number one was let love in. <laughs> so simple. Um, but that has been one of my biggest life lessons is let love in from others and also for self. It has been a journey that I have been on forever. Um, oh. <laughs> that is so amusing. I have just hit the button on my podcast machine. Um, cue that little intermission break. Um, let love in. Love has been incredibly difficult for me to let in. Love hurts. That has been what I have. If I had to define what love was, um, my definition would be love hurts. And letting that in, why the hell would I? Um I think that when you've had um, trauma or you've had um, a series of events where people have let you down, um, you can start to conceptualise that as that person should love me and they don't or that person's supposed to love me but their actions show this. And so you quickly learn to put your walls up and you quickly learn to say, Nah, this love thing's not for me. You would have heard an episode too, I think, where I spoke about letting your walls down. I've had a long history of dating where the guy always left me. Um, and that just repeated that narrative story that, you know, I wasn't good enough or I was too much for somebody else or, you know, I don't know, like I just, I just, they couldn't love all of me. Um and it, and it always felt that when I did let my walls down or when I did started to go, you know what, like just give them a chance, just open yourself up, that would always be when they left. And I'd just be like, why? Um, so letting love in, really I have not started to let love in until I was uh, 35, 34, 35 years old. Um, and I started to really crave um, intimacy in my life, into me, you see, I spoke about this. Um, I, I, I craved deep connection. I craved deep connection with myself, but also um, from others. And I, I really had to look at why I wasn't getting that deep connection. Now, as you get older, I don't know, you tend to, I feel like you tend to have less friends um, or life just gets busy or if you're a mum that adds so much more to your plate that having that you time or having that connection time with somebody is very far and few between. Um, and I remember just looking at my life, 34 years of age, and I remember going, 
I I've really built my life to be self-sufficient. I've built my life to not need anyone. I've built my life to never ask for a damn thing. I've built my life to just keep going on and um yeah, no obstacle was be um was ever going to stop me. I was just going to keep going forward. And with that sort of came a bit of hardening. Um and I think that when you are not vulnerable because let's be real when you do let love in you you do become vulnerable because basically what you're saying is hey this is all of me there's no walls here um and do you like me and do you accept me and that comes with a lot of vulnerability on your end to be that open and that exposed but I kind of got to a place in my life where when you are self when you are self efficient and you um yeah you don't ask for anything what you what you do is you you close off the door to being vulnerable and vulnerable is a beautiful gift that you give yourself when you open yourself up and you say hey this is what I want and the other person meets you there it's the most amazing thing I just it's so healing and so soul nourishing um when vulnerability meets vulnerability but it sometimes it takes you being vulnerable first in order for the other person to kind of meet you there so at 34 I thought no this is I'm I'm not feeling what I think I should be feeling I need to change something about what I do and so I did Um, and it started with my partner Morgan and I started to want and crave a deeper connection with him. I wanted to go beyond the everyday questions of how's work and, you know, what are we eating for the weekend and, and, um, and, and listen more. I think when you have been somebody who, um, is working through some stuff on yourself, um, sometimes you can become... I don't know, either all in your head that you completely disconnect from others or you become needy and you constantly need to talk about your stuff. And that that is actually a symptom of trauma when you are constantly talking about your story, when you're going over and over and over and over it. Um, I often think about my poor partner who, you know, would see me you know, we've nearly been together for 14 years and he would hear me go into my story over and over and over and over again. And the reason why we do that is because the events of that trauma sometimes is so inconceivable. You can't even comprehend it and your brain can't comprehend it. So it continues to go over and over and over and over it to make sense of it but the thing I've learned in life is that your things aren't always meant to make sense and there's not always a why um, and there's not always a reason there just is and that comes uh, (laughs) it's really blunt um, and we have to learn to accept what is and what has been in order to move forward so um, yeah 34 years of age I was like I want to let love in and I remember for me, it was about listening more. So I had been a lot in my head and I'd been a lot in my story. And um, I really 
I really hadn't allowed myself to just listen. And so I chose to listen and I started to ask better questions to Morgan and I started to share more things outside of what he already knew, um, you know, my desires and my wishes and my hope and even just my commitment. So um, I remember how I said I had one foot in and one foot out. Well, part of me wanted to be all in and being all in was very scary, but I wanted to make that choice and so I did. And I started to talk a lot more about long-term future things. I started to talk about wanting to get married. Now, marriage had been a trigger point for me and I was like, I don't want to get married because they change or I hadn't been around any good marriages in my life. So I was like, why would I want that? Because marriage equals this. Um, But I started to want to change that because I knew that when you love someone, when you love someone, you want to be able to share your life with them. You don't want to block that out. Um, so I started to just be more vulnerable. And can I tell you, I was met with the most beautiful words and beautiful understanding and I guess a deeper sense of love. Morgan and I have a deeper sense of love because I allowed love in and he met me there. Um, and it was scary, don't get me wrong, Um And I still fall back into the wanting to be super self-sufficient and not wanting to do anything. But I also know that asking for help and asking for somebody to meet your emotional needs is a beautiful thing. Um, It takes practice, don't get me wrong, but it's a beautiful thing. So here I am saying I don't want to have a really deep podcast and here I am being deep again. But let love in. I had to let love in from others. I had to let people love me. I had to let people help me. Um, I had to let people um, listen to me. That was a hard one. Um, I had been so used to filtering out everything um, and just flipping every conversation so that it was about the other person. Um, but I had to I had to actually this actually goes into lesson number two. Um, I had to actually find my story and allow it to be um, told, my voice. So one of the <laughs> my second biggest lesson in life has been find your voice and use it. Um, I had a difficult time voicing my voice for a really, really long time. Um, and, I, and I think that around voicing my voice had to do a lot with um, – just feeling like I didn't matter and that why bother voicing how I feel because there's nobody in my world that actually listens and so I ended up having a very silent it's very silent childhood and adolescence and probably into my 20s and I found that what I actually did was attract a lot of selfish people into my world. Um, and at that, at that point, it suited me really fine because I knew that. I knew that if I had selfish people in my life, then it would be all about them and I didn't actually have to speak up. I didn't actually have to share anything because they weren't interested. Um, but I remember being around 25 and I remember having this urge Um, or I remember just getting annoyed actually it was more annoyance I remember looking around at some of my friends and some of my family members and I was like 
guys are just bloody selfish. Like, have you asked me how I'm going? Have you have you actually checked in? Have you done this? Have you d- turned up the way that I turn up for you? And I remember feeling a great sense of sadness. And this revelation for me probably came when I started to accept my story and childhood and the events that occurred. And I did all of that through my counseling journey with my my beautiful counselor, Lynn. And I started to think, wow, I got to stop minimizing me. I've I've actually got to stop doing that and I and I've got to speak up and share what I want to share and be okay with that and know that the right people will be there to listen. Now, I um will be honest here and say that for a good portion of my late 20s I was very lonely. Um, because a lot of the people that I attracted into my world were selfish um, and they didn't actually have the ability to be able to listen Um, because listening is a skill. (laughs) It's such a skill and it's a beautiful bloody skill to learn um, because it allows that deeper connection with others to happen and it also allows those more vulnerable moments. That's why I feel listening is the greatest thing that you can ever learn. I will do another podcast on this because there's different forms of listening and it'd be interesting to see where you are in your relationships. Um, Yeah, because there's a whole bunch of things. Um, So I remember just going, I need to find my voice. I found my voice through journaling Um, in in my mid-20s, doing my counselling journey, actually voicing what I had been internalising onto paper I would always read it back and I'd be like, whoa, that's that's come out of me? Wow. Like, that's how I really feel? Um, and when I started to see it on paper, I started to go, no, hang on a minute. What I've been through and, um, you know, the people that have been into my world, this is actually really significant. This actually matters a lot. Um, and I needed to own that and stop minimizing it. But Part of me finding my voice, I probably have only really discovered that in the last two years. Um, I've been on a huge growth journey um, and that that has happened from stepping out of a profession and stepping into a business sense and feeling super vulnerable. I feel super vulnerable more than I have in a really, really, really long time, um, especially definitely in the last two years. But I also had to learn how to use my voice with my sister through Alpha Babes and it was a very interesting time because the dynamics of our relationship was always I was the helper, she would be the person in crisis, I would help, she would get help and that was the way our relationship went and it suited me fine Um, and of course she would ask how are you and I would be I'm fine. Um, and we would go about our own way. So I kept hidden. So it wasn't that she never asked. I just chose not to share. But I have had to learn to use my voice because there has been lots of conflict within my journey with my sister. Um, And there's been a lot of hard work into changing the dynamics of our relationship where she meets me and I meet her and we've um, moved away from more you know, I felt like I'm her mother. I was her mother for a really long time. Um, And, you know, she was the child. And 
we've moved out of that and now we see each other as equal and as sisters and it's actually really beautiful but it has required two things one for me to use my voice and two for her to listen um and she has had to hear the hard things and not respond one of the listening um one of the ways people listen is they listen defensively and so they listen to you but they're listening because they want to go on the like the defense and they want to go on the attack and I found that when you're dealing with people who have got really low self-worth or they struggle with um, not feeling good enough sometimes hearing things um, can be really confrontational and then they go straight away into the defense mode and especially if you are in um, you know your fight 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 flight and freeze mode which is a response that happens when you have experienced trauma or fear um, you will go into a particular mode now my sister has always been fight mode so what that would mean is I would share she would listen defensively she would then go and fight me and I would shut up and that's how it would go for the longest time and it took a lot of personal development on her end and personal development on my end to be able to say hey I need to share this and here it is and it's going to be hard for you to hear but I need you to listen and I need you to meet me there and then I need to get past this so that we can honor the beautiful relationship that we have and um, we have this saying where we talk about meeting each other on the bridge And what that means is not one person in a relationship can do all the work. The other person has to meet you there. And so my sister would say, hey, um, meet me on the bridge. And, you know, I've got my hand out. I I, want to change. I want to be closer to you. I want this. Meet me here. Can't shut up. You can't close off. You can't pretend. You can't minimize. You can't do all these things. I mean, honestly, it would be very frustrating for her because on the outside I look happy and this and that but on the inside I'm internalizing so much and I do I internalize and overthink and I'm overcritical and all of those things um and I've never really had that person that says hey (laughs) tell me what you're thinking share what's really going on inside your head and then feeling safe enough to actually go Here it all is, especially when you are sharing directly to the person who's kind of pissing you off. Um, It can be really hard because that's conflict, right? Um, So the biggest lesson I've learned is that when you find your voice and you need to find that and you find that in your own silent space first where you journal or you're thinking or you're doing that personal development work or you're working with a coach and you're helping develop those words – Because let's be real, if you've shut yourself off emotionally for a really long time, you won't even know the vocabulary to share. It will be really difficult. Um, And so you've got to learn to develop that vocabulary. And that can be done, um, I think, beautifully with a coach. And something that I do a lot with girls is when I'm listening to them, I will say, well, what I hear you say is this, does that sound right? And they're like, yes, that's exactly what it's, that's exactly it. Um, So once you find your voice and you find your own language, then it goes to step two, which is to use it. Um, I always recommend um, using your language and your voice in a safe place. 
place. So start with somebody who you know um, is going to stick around. Now, my sister I knew was always going to stick around um, because we really value family and we value each other. And so I was able to do that and also with Morgan as well where I was able to use my voice and I was able to um, just say, hey, this, this is where I'm at. I don't know if it's right. I don't know if it's wrong. It just is and I just need to share it and can you meet me in that spot. Okay, 32 minutes in, my God. Um, and lucky last, my third biggest lesson I've learned in life is that happiness is a choice. You've got to choose to be happy every single day. Happiness is not a destination. Happiness is not things that you will achieve. Happiness is not things that you will have in your hands that you've bought. Happiness is a choice. It's a state. It's a state of mind. And we can all feel happy um, in any given moment. And I think that that, I think that was one of my biggest aha moments in life because early on I you know I'm I'm the chronic overachiever right so I've got a few degrees under my belt and I'm very competitive in sport in CrossFit in particular and um, even when I was a teacher like I wanted to be taking on projects and I did a lot with gifted and um, talented education and differentiation mentor and I just loved having something to achieve and I believe that I I did all of that because I wanted to be seen validated and I also I also thought that having those things would make me happy um, and I'm here to tell you that uh, it's good but it's it's not the actual things that make you happy it's the choice that today I choose to be happy today I choose to focus on the things that I do have Today, I choose to focus on the journey that I'm on and the progress that I've made. Today, I choose to acknowledge the love that I have in my world for myself and for others. And I make that choice every single day. Today, I choose to be kind. Today, I actually know that I'm feeling low. I can feel it. And today, I choose to put music on to lift my vibration. Today, I choose to go and be with people because I know that that is what I need. Happiness is really a choice. And if you're feeling low or you're feeling stressed or you're feeling negative emotions that you don't want to feel, they don't have to hang around. You have the power to change that in an instant. And Tony Robbins talks a lot about getting into your power state and using your physiology to change that. And that is through movement dancing it's through music it's through breath it's through um your senses one of the exercises I would do with kids all the time is they would come to me in this massive state of anxiety and um I was listening to these like six-year-olds say I'm so stressed I'm like what on earth do you have to be stressed about but you know and and the language that would come and I just remember hearing it go "Uh -uh, we're not we're not going down that path I've got to teach you some skills but they would come and I'm so stressed and I'm going to be miserable my whole life and you know I'm I'm always worried and I thought wow that's damning strong powerful words that must change and so I would say hey Bob Billy whatever the name is tell me five things you can see right now 
And they'd look around the room and they'd tell me, and I'm like, tell me five things you can hear. And they'd look around. I said, tell me five things you can feel. Like, I actually want you to get up and I want you to touch stuff. Tell me what it feels like. And then I say, okay, tell me if you were in this room right now and you could imagine five things that you're tasting, what would they be? Um, what have we got? Sight, smell, touch, sound, and... God, I always stumble on the fifth, but you get what I'm saying. But what I was doing is changing their state. I was taking them out of that negative mindset of I'm so stressed and, you know, my life is going to be miserable. And I got them straight back into the present moment, which is the naming of five things within their senses. And straight away, they would start to smile and you could see their body change and they weren't thinking about what they were stressed and worried about. And that was just a simple tool that you can use even on yourself when you're feeling, you know, all those uncomfortable emotions and you're wanting to change it. Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes you do need to feel those emotions. You do need to surrender to them. You do need to feel all the feels. But you have that choice. You know that. And you also know when you've got to get yourself out of the hole. You have, you know, that big hole that you dig yourself you you got to have things to be able to claw your way out because being in the hole, that's not the life that you want to be living. You don't want to be in a dark hole all on your own. You don't deserve that. You deserve to shine and be with others and to, to have the things that you want in life, to have a vision and go after it. So you've got to learn how to claw your way out of a hole. And using techniques such as getting into your senses or music or dancing or coffee catch-ups, all those things that give you energy, every time you do that, it's like you're getting your pick and, you, and you're shoving it into the side of the wall and you're pulling yourself up one bit closer to the top. And we will be on a journey at all different points in our life, but happiness is something that you've got to choose every single day and you've got to think What is it that my soul needs today? What do I need for me today? And how can I honor that? And when you have that simple question that you ask yourself daily, what it allows is for you to craft your day in the way that's supportive to you. So there we go. I really thought this was going to be short, but I'm starting to know that nothing I do is short. But they're some of my three, they are my three biggest lessons that I've learned. One, let love in for yourself and also for others. Two, find your voice and use it. And three, happiness is a choice. You've got to uh, choose to be happy every single day. Um, And so there we go. So I'd love to know what your three biggest lessons have been so far in life. Come and join me over in the closed Facebook group Evolve and I'll do a post on there probably tomorrow and I'd love to hear what your three biggest lessons have been Um, and if you want to go into why, that would be amazing but if not, I'd just be interested to see. Um, Don't be shy. Um, If you are not going to be a poster in there, um, please just do the exercise because you will open yourself up to a lot of aha moments for you um, and it will allow you to think about you know, the next 10 years and what it is that you want to be able to do. All right. Oh, guess what? I forgot to do this just before I go. Um, I wanted to read out 
some reviews um, that I got, which was just beautiful. I want to highlight these amazing people because I really appreciate your reviews. So this one is from Jade Murph. She said, the real and raw and authentic podcast, it taps deep into your subconscious mind and provides the knowledge you need for you to be the best version of yourself. It makes you feel like Hannah just gets you without judgment and without even knowing who you are. Highly recommend. And that's so beautiful. I absolutely love it. Um, and another one from Shannon and she wrote, absolutely loving Hannah's podcast. I resonate with them all so much and it's helping with my self-worth and growing as a person. So thank you ladies so much for taking yeah, the time out to write that. I really appreciate it. And um, for those of you who haven't, um, you can leave me a review on Apple Podcast. Um, or if you wanted to leave me a review on my Facebook page, The Hannah Rose, um, I'll take that as well. All right. Um, until we meet again next week, have a beautiful week.